Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. They say variety is the spice of life, but your spice rack could actually hold the key to a healthier life. While they do add amazing flavor to food, research shows spices can also improve our overall health, extend our lifespan, and even prevent and heal diseases. Dr. Melina Jampolis is here to share how the naturally occurring properties and spices can help all of us reach our optimal health. If you want to spice up your life, don't go anywhere. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is an internist and board-certified physician nutrition specialist. She's on the Public Affairs Committee for the American Society of Nutrition as well as the newly formed Forbes Health Advisory Board. She specializes in nutrition for weight loss, disease prevention, and treatment. She's a frequent guest on popular TV shows including Live with Kelly, The Doctors, Dr. Oz, CNN, Fox News, and The Today Show. She was the host of Discovery Network's Fit TV's Diet Doctor and from 2008 to 2014, the Diet and fitness expert for CNNHealth.com, where she remains a contributor. Her new book is called Spice Up, Live Long, a guide to using herbs, spices to live a longer, healthier, and more vibrant life. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Melina Jampolis. It's so great to be back. Thank you for having me. Oh, great to have you back. You know, besides being a Spice Girl fan of the 90s, what sparked your interest <laughs> in the healing benefits of spices? That's a good one. Yeah, I didn't think about that one. You know, honestly, so I've been I, I kind of segued in my career away from internal medicine and, and putting people on medications for diseases like high blood pressure and high cholesterol and diabetes into really trying to see if I could treat, prevent, or even reverse some of these conditions through diet. And this started my journey along the road of nutrition and preventive medicine started about 20 years ago, actually. And Really, in the last you know five years, we know a lot about polyphenols and all these wonderful foods like blueberries and green tea and, and rich colors and beans. Um, but nobody ever really was talking about the spice rack in the kitchen. And I realized my own was collecting dust, and it's such an easy way to you know augment everything that you eat. I really started kind of obsessively researching it about five years ago when I was working on my first spice book. And the journey has just continued um, despite all the, you know, health crazes out there, diet crazes, you know, I really believe that herbs and spices can profoundly transform any diet. So I've been really kind of doubling down on the research and the passion and exploring all these wonderful ways that herbs and spices could really help transform your health and make food better. Yeah, and you brought up something I just thought of, you know, you're like a, a bipartisan spices. It's for the vegans, it's for the keto, it's for the paleo, it's all food, no matter what diet you follow. Anything that you eat. If you eat food, you if you add herbs and spices, <laughs> your diet will be healthier. So it, it really is kind of, you know, this book, that's why I'm so excited about it. I feel like this one, this is not a diet book. This is a, a nutrition book. This is a health book. This is an anti-aging book, you know, and, and preventive medicine book. So I feel like 
every single person on the planet, including from, you know, if you're two years old to 102, you can benefit in some way from adding herbs to your diet. That's great. Share with our listeners, is there a difference between herbs and spices? What differentiates the two? Yeah, actually, that's a great question. So herbs, it, it's pretty simple. Herbs are from the leaves of the plants, and you can, you know, tell by how they look. They tend to look a little bit more leafy in their both their dried and fresh form. And then spices are really from all the other aspects of the fruit. So it can be it can be the fruit of the plant. It can be the root. It can be the seeds. Um, anything that's not a leaf is considered a spice. And and that's why they're in, in, in dried form mostly, except for things like, you know, you can get ginger root and turmeric root at the um, at the grocery store fresh as well. Right. You know, most people would love to be able to slow down the sands of time. What should people reach for in their spice rack to help them age more gracefully? Well, there's a number of things. Honestly, there's I, I you know, hesitate to just call out one because they all have such wonderful attributes and and really potentially head to toe benefits. But I think, you know, if there's specific diseases that you're concerned about, for example, you know, that plagued your family, there's some kind of superstar spices. I think um, turmeric and any blend that contains turmeric, obviously for the brain. And even I'm a big fan of blends just because I'm not the great, ironically, I'm not the greatest cook. So, uh, you know, that's the other part of the book that I wanted to do is, is create not just wonderful recipes from a chef who's talented, but also kind of easy add-ons. So for me, spice blends, so like an herb de Provence, which has, you know, things like rosemary, thyme, and sage. That's wonderful for the brain. You know, if you have a family history of diabetes, and, you know, diabetes can really accelerate aging considerably. So managing blood sugar control, you know, pre-diabetes, different things like that. That's very important. Um, you know, things like cilantro and cinnamon and tarragon and ginger. You know, if you're interested, if you struggle with arthritis, garlic, ginger and turmeric can really work directly on the joints to reduce inflammation. So, you know, there's a lot of different applications, but I say, you know, include spice wherever you can, you know, that and a variety, just like with, you know, a diet, uh, they all work a little bit differently. And so getting a variety is really key to reducing both inflammation in your body and also providing your body with um, antioxidants. And, and uh, you know, our, our soil quality has really deteriorated over the last 50 years in the United States and around the world, I'm sure. But so, you know, spices, uh, even if you eat, you know, very few of us eat the recommended number of fruits and vegetables every day, but even if you did, the nutrient density and the quality of those foods are not quite as good as they were 50 years ago. So, you know, adding spices, which are more concentrated forms of these, you know, polyphenols and other bioactive compounds, um, anything that you can add, you know, start where you are, you know, first of all, start with cleaning out your spice rack. That's the first thing, because a lot of people, uh, you know, they probably have spices from 25. I know my husband and I were just cleaning the kitchen and we literally found spices uh, from when he was, you know, a teenager or had just moved out of his house. You know, we, and so those are not going to be the active spices. You know, if they don't have a rich color or smell, they're probably throw them out and start with a clean slate and, uh, you know, just start spicing things up. If someone wants to preserve the flavor, can spices be stored in their fridge or freezer to help maintain them? 
you know, I mean, obviously, it, it, I think the, the cooler temperature isn't as important as avoiding light. The light can really accelerate aging. So, you know, so does oxygen, by the way. So the more frequently you use this spice, the more it's going to, the aging is going to accelerate. So spices that, you know, for things like nutmeg, where they may just have a seasonal use, you're probably going to get more bang for your buck. Those may last longer. Um, but, and obviously, you know, fresh herbs would need to be uh, refrigerated. But um, with the spices, it's more about protection from light and oxygen, which can kind of accelerate the aging of the spice as well. But, and also the, the other thing I love about spices is that, you know, you don't, and this was great during COVID, you know, you don't have to go to the grocery store every week to get fresh produce, you know, so you can just, grab some oregano and throw it into your eggs and you've automatically amplified it if you don't have any fresh vegetables in the fridge at any given time. So they're really so versatile in the kitchen and so easy. It just is such a low hanging fruit for optimizing health. It's you can tell I'm pretty passionate about them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're spiced up girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I have too much cayenne in my eggs this morning. I'm a little amped up. So. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, there's a lot of research on the benefits of hot spices, especially for the gut, you know, issues and ulcers, but, you know, everything from chili powder, paprika, ghost peppers even. How can something so painful to consume benefit the delicate flora of the intestines? That's my yeah, question. That's really interesting. It, it, it's kind of a, it, it, it's counterintuitive that something, because people, you know, associate uh, kind of heat in foods with making ulcers worse, for example. But what, you know, how they really, you, first of all, all spices are very, uh, herbs and spices, I'll just say spices for the ease, but they're all um, potent prebiotics. So, you know, we hear a lot about probiotics. They're in the news. Everybody's trying to, you know, push those. Everybody has a new one for sale. But really research shows that the prebiotics have a more profound influence on the microbiome. So what is actually living in your butt, uh, gut, <laughs> that's a misnomer. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, right. both thank you. Well, that, yeah, later on it, it does. It all, it's all <laughs> tied together. So all spices, including cayenne and all of the, um, you know, the chili powder associated spices, um, have something called capsaicin in it. And those are very powerful prebiotics, but it, and they may also, uh, impact, you know, the, one of the main uh, bacteria that causes ulcers that we've learned over the past decade, H. pylori, it may have a positive effect on kind of suppressing the action of that. And it also, because of the heat, it actually, it, it's an inverse, it's kind of a counterintuitive um, relationship with the uh, cells in the gut in terms of ulcer formation. So even though it seems counterintuitive, it actually may have a, a a potentially healing effect. Um, you know, if you have heartburn, that's a different story, but you know, because it spicy food may exacerbate that. But um, certainly with ulcers, it's very interesting. Um, in addition to uh, their, you know, the cayenne pepper having extraordinary longevity properties and, and cultures that eat spicier diets, you know, live longer and healthier lives. So um, it, it really is kind of extraordinary. That's definitely on my top five list of, uh, of spices to include in your diet. <laughs> wow. 
Great, great answers. Uh, let's discuss the topic 70% of Americans are interested in weight loss. Are there any spices that we can uh, add to our food to help us shed some of those unwanted pounds? Yeah, you know, obviously, um, I mean, the first thing that spices do, which is amazing, is to make food taste better without adding calories. So predominantly, you know, uh, people want, I, they want to enjoy their lives. You know, losing weight is kind of a constant issue for many people. So just having a, making it food enjoyable with fewer calories is, is a win. Um, and then, you know, cayenne is a really interesting one, um, just because it does have some thermogenic properties, which mean it actually boosts metabolism a little bit. Now, you know, that's really not enough to make a big difference. But over time, you know, I'm a big believer in small changes adding up in my weight loss practice. And so any little metabolic advantage that I can give patients, I want to. So cayenne is a great one. Cumin is a great one. Uh, cumin, which is actually one of my favorite spices to use. I throw it in everything. I'm kind of obsessed with it. But there was actually a study uh, done in India where they put uh, cumin in yogurt for women because that's something popular that they do over there. And it actually reduced their belly fat. So that visceral fat deep in the abdominal cavity that's more associated with inflammation. So that's a great one. Um, there's a study uh, actually with ginger tea, where if people had it before meals, it actually helped them feel fuller, faster. So just doing little dabs of these things, you know, having ginger tea and throwing a little cayenne or or cumin in dishes, it's so easy to throw in like soups. Even if you're a lazy cook like me, you can throw it into you know, canned or box soups. I mean, it's really, it's really easy to kind of implement some of these changes. And, you know, along with all the other things that can facilitate weight loss and, and, and blood sugar regulation is a big part of that. So all the herbs and spices that help with insulin resistance. So cilantro and tarragon and sage, there's a lot of different herbs and spices that play into the equation in terms of weight management as well. And like you said earlier, it doesn't matter if you're doing intermittent fasting or keto or, you know, paleo or vegan or anything, adding herbs and spices is only going to help. So I, I think it's a, you know, triple win in terms of, yeah. you know, health and weight loss and longevity. So, so true. Are there, are there some common mistakes people make when cooking with spices? Like, are there some that are sensitive to heat that maybe should be added after the food is cooked? Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's, it's funny. That's probably more of a question for the chef, um, you know, than me. Just, you know, I think in terms of, pre it's more about preservation of flavor than it is about, you know, in terms of when you add them in the cooking. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, common mistakes that people make is just not understanding pairings, like what herbs and spices go with what, so then it doesn't taste as good. And we really tried in the book, I, I pushed both the chef and my co-writer, you know, to, to try to help the average consumer with, you know, pairing. So what can go with what? I know when I started writing this book, I was obsessively talking about spices and my husband just started throwing them in random combinations into everything and <laughs> half the things tasted like dirt. Um, you know, you, you can really, you can, there's some spices and herbs that just don't go well together. So, you know, I think the other, obviously, you know, in terms of optimizing health is, you know, you 
don't think that just adding some herbs and spices can make something that's unhealthy healthy. So, you know, heavy cream based things. And I, I like you need still need to pay attention to the food that you eat, you know, the food base. And I talk, uh, I talk a lot in the book about, you know, kind of um, anti-aging foods from the blue zones in the world. Um, so things like beans and berries and fish um, and age accelerating foods, which are pretty much everything that we eat in the American diet. So ultra processed foods and, and processed foods and meats that are charred at high temperatures. So um, things like that can really accelerate aging and, and herbs and spices have the potential to, you know, offset some of that, but they can't, you know, they're not, it can't be used in place of, of, uh, of a healthier baseline diet. So I think that's probably the biggest mistake that I see is that people think, oh, just because I added herbs and spices now, it must be, you're making something unhealthy, healthy. <laughs> right. That's a good point. What is, is there a, a, a way we should, uh, purchase high quality spices like is there anything particular we should look for on the label to know that it's legit and it's good stuff no you know i think there's a lot of great uh resources out there i, I think there's no bad spices i mean it, it's kind of hard to ruin a, a spice i guess you know i i like for i like to look for clean the cleaner ingredient list so any you know some of the bigger spice companies have blends that have a little too much sodium or preservatives or different things. So anything that doesn't look like, you know, a, a spice, interestingly enough, has kind of naturally occurring antioxidants. So it doesn't need much to stay uh, fresh. You know, they actually add spices as preservatives and, and antibacterial, antiviral to some foods. They actually can help protect other foods from, you know, uh, forming free radicals and, and from infection. So, um, I think the cleaner the ingredient list, uh, the better. And then, you know, I, I love when we do this, there's a resource page in my book for some of the bigger spice companies and also for some smaller, more exciting ones that are doing some really interesting blends. I'm a really big fan of blends just because then I don't have to think about it and you don't have to buy six different spices. You know, if you're just getting started um, you know, buy blends because then, you know, you won't be wasting if you turns out, you know, you don't, I have probably three bottles of time in my, you know, cabinet from buying it for three different recipes when I didn't realize I had it. And so, you know, I'm kind of moving more to blends and there's a lot of, you know, different companies that have some really interesting blends that just make things easier. But, um, you know, do pay attention to the ingredient list because some of the bigger companies, you know, they may uh, they may kind of add in some things that maybe aren't so helpful. And, and salt is, you know, certainly an issue. Um, you know, you don't want to offset the wonderful benefits of, of all the herbs and spices with excess salt, you know, adding to the dish, which can be obviously harmful from a blood pressure standpoint. Yeah, you mentioned you have uh, three bottles of time. It sounds like you have too much time on your hands. <laughs> oh my god I, I led you nice i love that i'm gonna have to use that in a future interview i hope you don't mind nah I, go I, ahead and I use it no go ahead <laughs> sharing is caring hey let me ask you this you, yeah. you talked about going to the store and you know what what to grab and the, and the varieties but what about our listeners that grow their own herbs is there a preferred way of drying them to keep the oils and flavor intact well, that's a wonderful question. First of all, I love that concept of, and, and I was just going to, uh, one of my friends just bought one of those, you know, herb gardens that, that's higher up for her backyard. And I was just thinking about doing that. 
Um, you know, I, I think it's, it, it's any way that you dry, there's no specific way. Again, I would probably keep it out of the light as much as possible. Um, but I love the idea of an herb garden. And that's, that's a, it brings me to a great point for a kind of a, a starter herb, you know, a starter kit for herbs and spices, not only the blends, but for me, like I always pick up a basil at Trader Joe's just to have that on my windowsill. And I'll just like, because herbs, I find them a little challenging to work with just because they don't last that long. So I get you know, a bunch of cilantro at the store. And if I use half of it in a guacamole or, you know, I don't really know what to do with the other half. But having the herb garden where you can just use what you need, I think is is one is a wonderful concept. And that's why, you know, the basil plant, I mean, I'll throw it into turkey sandwiches or wraps instead of, you know, romaine lettuce by having the fresh. So, but in terms of, of it's kind of the same, you know, concepts, I think, you know, with drying, you just want to keep it out of the light. But I think, um, and then the storage of it, uh, you know, will will be the same. Uh, another just fun idea for for herbs is to um, put them in in like olive oil, and so you have an infused um, infused olive oil, which is if you're growing your own at home, that would be a really fun way to kind of extend uh, extend the life of the herb. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you, you, you mentioned cilantro and guac. I love it. And, you know, there's something called super tasters. And these are people that have this hypersensitivity and they hate cilantro. To them, it tastes like soap. And I lo- I'm so glad I don't have that because I love cilantro. That's probably my number one pick that so many people yeah, no, roll their I love eyes. It too. It's actually, thank God, it's only 10% of the, the population that uh, have that issue where cilantro tastes like soap. But there's so many other wonderful herbs they can find their... Uh, I, I, it's actually interesting. I wonder if they have the same issue with coriander because, um, you know, coriander is from the same plant. It would be, I'm going to have to look into that. Uh, it'd be, or if any of the listeners want to report back and uh, yes. tell us if, if they do think cilantro tastes like soap, if they think the same about coriander, that would be a really interesting uh, listener experiment. That would be do. interesting. Fantastic. we got about a minute left. Anything else you want to cover today that we didn't share with the listeners or any closing thoughts? You know, no, I just, I just really want to, you know, people, people to, this is really a long-term thing. And, and I, I can't overstress that I'm not saying in any way that, you know, spices can, can cure cancer or things like that, but it really, really, their potential as antioxidants and to reduce inflammation in the body, I really, really believe has head to toe benefits. And so, you know, however you choose to get started and there's no right answer of one spice that you absolutely need to include, do what you love, add the spices and the flavor that you love. But, you know, this is really something that over, over your lifetime is going to add up. So, you know, don't be intimidated and, and, and make it happen. This is really, you know, this is, I think the future of healthcare is, is really geared more towards prevention. And this is a very, very powerful tool that I think is really kind of affordable on any level. So you don't have to get organic, grass-fed, non-farmed, wild, everything. You don't have to spend a fortune to be healthy. Anybody can be healthier today by going to your spice rack. Well said. Well, thanks so much for joining us and (laughs) spicing things up on To Your Good Health Radio. 
Thank you so much. I had a great time. Oh, it was great. <laughs> we'll definitely get you back. To learn more about Dr. Molina, go to drmolina.com. And while there, get your copy of her new book, Spice Up, Live Long. You can also sign up for her free newsletter and receive all the latest spicy, healthy info sent directly to your inbox. You can follow her on Facebook and Twitter at Dr. Molina. To follow me on Twitter and Facebook, I'm at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard something today that would benefit somebody you know, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to yourgoodhealthradio.com or radiomd.com and check out our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. Sharing is caring. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.